You are listening to Western Iowa's information leader, KCIM. I'm Nathan Cones here with your noon news for Monday, January 9th, 2023. Carroll City officials have announced the three finalists in the search for a new Carroll City manager. Those candidates are Fairfield City Administrator Aaron Koiker, Glidden City Administrator Brooke Peterson, and Lakeview City Administrator Scott Peterson. Koiker has served with the City of Fairfield for the past five years, and he also held the same position with the City of Hull in northwest Iowa prior to that. Koiker's public service career began in law enforcement with the West Des Moines Police Department, as well as an Iowa Law Enforcement Academy instructor. Brooke Peterson joined the City of Glidden in 2020 with prior experience in city government as an administrative specialist with the City of Urbandale, and Scott Peterson has led the City of Lakeview for nearly 25 years. Before his tenure in Sac County, he also worked in municipal government for the city of Dayton and the city of Glidden. All three candidates will attend a public reception on Friday, January 13th at the Santa Maria Winery in Carroll. From 6.30 to 7.30 p.m., residents and stakeholders can meet with the finalists and provide their thoughts to city officials as they move through the interview process. Those formal interviews are scheduled for Saturday, January 14th, and an official hiring announcement is expected in the following weeks. The Carroll County Board of Supervisors is considering a minor change to how they administer payroll that could have a temporary but significant impact on county employees. During their meeting this morning, the board held preliminary discussions on proposed updates to the county employee handbook. The county currently operates by paying salaries and wages ahead rather than in arrears. Board Chair Stephanie Hausman says this practice was noted in recent audits. The state has red flagged us, I don't even know how many years, but quite a few. And what we're doing, we want to change come July 1st. We've been paying ahead instead of paying in arrears. So, and then I don't know if it's happened recently, but if we have an employee quit on a Thursday, they actually still get paid for Friday. Carroll County is one of the few counties in the state that still process payroll in this manner. The supervisors are considering adjusting paydays to cover the period ending two weeks before checks are issued. The change is minor in the long term, but if approved, it would have employees' first paycheck of fiscal year 2024 issued at the end of July. Houseman says employees need to be aware of the potential effect. I mean, we've been talking about this for over a year, but we're actually, it's been longer than a year, but we're actually going to make it happen come July 1. We're just trying to give the employees enough heads up that they can maybe take $100 out of every paycheck from here until then to save some money. Specifics of the plan have not been finalized, but county officials are considering ways to lessen the impact on employees. One idea proposed was to allow staff to use accumulated leave time to cover the gap. District 2 Supervisor Mike Anderson suggested splitting that first paycheck to provide at least some cash flow. But at least they'd get half of it instead of waiting a month for a check, basically, you know. Because right now you don't get a check for a month. You're going to get a check on the 1st and then the 28th. Yeah. We certainly could do that. I would rather you do that than have everybody scramble. Another proposed change to payroll is the required use of timesheets. While many departments already use time cards internally, the adjustment would make it a countywide policy and allow for better shift tracking. The supervisors encourage department heads or county employees concerned about the proposed change to share them with the board. No official action was taken to implement these changes at the meeting today, but it will return to the board's agenda in the near future. 
And the latest water summary update shows Iowa ended the year on a good note. However, the state still recorded its third consecutive year of drought conditions. Iowa Department of Natural Resources Hydrology Resources Coordinator Tim Hall says the above normal moisture in the last month of 2022 is good news, but the deficits of the year are still significant. We need more moisture throughout the winter and spring months to make a significant impact on drought conditions in Iowa. Overall, the state ended 2022 with an approximately 8-inch precipitation deficit. As Hall said, conditions are looking up. The state's December average precipitation measured 1.73 inches, about a half inch above normal. January is generally the driest month of the year, but the state recorded nearly an entire month's worth in the first week of the year alone. The monthly water summary update is prepared by staff from the Iowa DNR, the Iowa Department of Agriculture, the Iowa Institute of Hydraulic Research, the U.S. Geological Survey, and Iowa Homeland Security and Emergency Management. You can find a link to the full December 22 report included with this story on our website. And we are going to take a quick break here, folks, when we come back. More news on the way right here on KCIM. It's time to discover the difference between a good tractor and a great one with the Fent 900, the ultimate row crop tractor, specifically engineered to take performance, efficiency, and operator comfort to the next level, giving you more uptime, less downtime, all the time, with a three-year full machine warranty and three years of scheduled maintenance. It's Fent, it's time, and it's here. Learn more at Fent.com. Hi, this is Lane Robinson. Visit one of our locations in Irwin, Corning, or Pocahontas, or visit us at RobinsonImplement.com, where service isn't a word, it's our number one product. Honestly, it's a lot like playing a video game, and you run the controller. New Cooperative has exciting full-time second and third shift feed mill operator positions open at our feed mills near Jefferson and Litterdale. Your responsibilities include operating computerized feed mixing equipment, managing inventory, and orchestrating just the right manufacturing process and strategy to get the job done. No feed experience? Don't worry. We will provide you a structured training program and opportunities for career advancement. New Cooperative offers competitive wages, increased shift differential pay for second and third shift, overtime opportunities, plus a comprehensive benefit package that includes a 401k retirement plan with company match. Ready to make a difference? Ready to start something new? Apply online at newcoop.com slash careers. New Cooperative is an equal opportunity employer. Welcome back to KCIM's Midday News. I'm Nathan Cones reporting. The Iowa legislature got back to work today with Republicans holding even larger majorities in both chambers. The party's goals include approving more tax cuts, further easing gun restrictions, as well as spending public money to fund private schools. Uh, they're framing it as uh, funding students rather than institutions. Republicans have controlled both legislative branches since the 2017 session and have worked with GOP governors to pass numerous conservative bills on everything from education to uh, abortion rights. They will have even greater sway in the session beginning today, given their 64 to 36 majority in the Iowa House and 34 to 16 majority in the Iowa Senate. Because Democrats hold so few seats, they will be able to do little more than complain as Republican-backed measures likely become law. The Iowa Business Council's fourth quarter economic outlook survey shows that there are some positive expectations for the next six months. Executive Director Joe Murphy says it was a good way to start the new year. We scored an index a score of 59.26. And the important point on that is anything that scores above 50 represents positive economic sentiment. 
So we're about a half a point better than we were in the third quarter of 2022. The increase is not substantial, but Murphy says it's important because it marks the end of a three-quarter decline in the overall level of optimism. To have that streak broken of three straight quarters of decline um, is very important as we head into 2023. The IBC is a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization whose 20 members are the chief decision makers for major Iowa employers. Murphy says it appears the business leaders have seen the national and international trends and believe Iowa is in a better position. I think people are more and more confident that whatever sort of economic uh, duress that may occur at a national or international level, that Iowa will be relatively well insulated from that. Iowa has a long history of being resilient in the face of of economic strife, and I think we're growing more and more confident um, that, that this time will be no different. Murphy says there are still challenges. The inflation issue continues to to rear its ugly head. 77% of our members cited inflation as a primary business concern. That's up by by about 17% from the third quarter. So when you think about the allocation of your capital or or purchasing assets or technology or other big capital expenditures, um, you're definitely going to consider inflation more and more. The Federal Reserve has upped interest rates to try and slow spending and bring down inflation. Murphy says sales expectations have actually increased among businesses compared to the third quarter. So while we have seen interest rates increase, we're still in a very uh, interesting situation where demand is still quite high for goods and services. And I think that's as a result of you know, very high personal balance sheets among individuals and then strong balance sheets among corporations and companies as well. He adds the increase in interest rates may eventually make companies rethink their plans, but that hasn't happened quite yet. And two Western Iowa students have received nominations from Senators Chuck Grassley and Joni Ernst to attend the nation's military service academies. Manuel Garcia Paz of Denison was among Ernst's 10 nominations to the U.S. Military Academy in West Point, New York. And Caden Krychek, also of Denison, was selected by Grassley for consideration to attend the U.S. Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The admissions teams at the respective academies determine final selections. Grassley says these young Iowans who want to enter the academies and serve our country are a remarkable reflection of our state. Their accomplishments, leadership, and desire to serve are exceptional and signal signal continued excellence in the U.S. Armed Forces. Ernst, who's a combat veteran and member of the Senate Armed Services Committee, says thank you to our young Iowans who have answered the call to serve our country. As a combat veteran and mom to a West Point graduate and current active duty service member, I know the commitment each of our nominees has for our state and country. It is my honor to nominate and support this future generation of leaders as they take this next step toward serving our nation. Students interested in receiving an Academy attendance uh, nomination should begin the application process in the spring of their junior year of high school. Information on applying for the nomination is included with this story on our website. That is going to wrap up your KCIM Noon News for Monday, January 9th, 2023. For these stories and many more, be sure to check us out online by following us on Facebook and Twitter, on the web at 1380kcim.com or through the Carroll Broadcasting mobile app. I'm Nathan Cones reporting.